Welcome to Chit Chat, a judgment-free forum for conversation around hot topics that impact the Indian American community, inspired by the latest episodes from Family Karma, the first all Indian American reality TV show on Bravo. In the last episode of Family Karma, Amrit uh, talks about how he felt the need to really flourish in law school and prove to his parents because he had something to compensate for, um, within, which in his case was coming out to his parents about his homosexuality um, and his guilt. I was wondering if you ladies have some of that first generation guilt that you kind of owe it to your parents to achieve something great with your lives because of all the sacrifices they made for us. And we also see like Anisha, right, on the show and she's lying to her dad about her finances. You know, there's something to say that in all cultures as children, we want to make our parents proud. But I think when you're, when you're the child of an immigrant, that need becomes much more crucial. You just know that there's a lot more at stake. You know, your parents have left so much behind. They've sacrificed so much um, to get you into like the best possible schools, to get you a, a good education. And so when you know that all of that's on the line, you want to do well, you want to do better. To think about the way I've grown up and my childhood and young adulthood compared to theirs, uh, my brother and I joke that we're very spoiled. And it's true. We were handed everything on a platter and just had to make, you know, we had good opportunities, which they didn't necessarily have, and they made the best of it. I feel like we've all heard, you know, the story of how our parents came here with not that much money in their pockets. And Usually had about to $10 in the pocket. Sometimes it's like three, sometimes it's 10, sometimes it's like 500. And like seven homes in India. They just didn't like exchange that much money at the airport. That's really what it was. (laughs) So anytime that I complained about anything, they were like, but I came to this country with $10 in my pocket. (laughs) I'm like, oh shit. Like (laughs) I have no right to complain about anything. What am I talking about? Um, And if I compare myself to my dad, he was making a lot of money. He was an entrepreneur. Um, at 20, I was, you know, messing around and like going to frat parties. Like it was a very different, you know, like I was like dancing on tables, like very different situation. You don't think your dad has danced on tables? Maybe more recently on the Columbia trip. Oh, that's true. Actually, I have seen him dance on a table. That's so weird. (laughs) (laughs) It's genetic. I've seen a lot of your parents dance on tables. This is where we learn parting from, guys. (laughs) They're having the fun that we had in our 20s because they allowed us to do that. But also I, I they think us in their 20s. the reason that they feel so free, I think, to have fun now is because they worked their asses off, right, for a really, really long time and literally had no fun. It was like no fun. The way that I imagine it, at least, was that <laughs> there was zero fun and just yeah. like, you know, 18-hour days. So when I think about that, I'm like, these people gave up everything. They gave up their friends. They gave up their families. They gave up the rest of the cash that they left in India. They gave up. (laughs) Bringing it back to Bali, you know, Bali talks about like how she was getting like, you know, massages. And that was pretty common. Like we, you know, been to South Asia, like massages are dirt cheap. There's just a big labor force that's underpaid. So they had a very good life, like servants and like, you know, my mom hadn't done dishes ever. You know, most of Asia is merit-based immigration. And these were like the 5%, 10% of the most, um, you know, possibly well-off and most aggressive people who decided to give up servants, you know, around-the-clock massages to come here with $10 in their pocket. I've gotten the same stories from my parents. My mom was in India and Bombay. My dad was in the Philippines. They both 
talk about their times in their respective home countries as very fond times. They were definitely hardships and um, they def- there were definitely like financial struggles that their families went through, but they persevered. And I think what really gets me in the gut and what really triggers my guilt is when they say the reason that they left all of that behind was not even selfishly for them. It was for their children, AKA my brother and I, <laughs> to have a better life. Anytime we talk about politics right now, there's still this sense of like, yeah, I understand how, you know, the politics in this country is really troubling and really challenging, but there's still opportunity here and you still kind of have to seize it. And I, I think about that every day and think about, gosh, am I really taking advantage of all of this opportunity that's laid out in front of me? Um, in the way that my parents intended me to. There's always room to to feel like you need, you could do more. We're all successful in our own right. It still fe- doesn't feel like it's good enough. They had more of like, you know, this driving factor to succeed and do well from a much younger age than us because we were working on our educations at the age that they all started working, I guess. They want you to have more than what they had. But with that also comes this expectation to also exceed in the areas where they couldn't have because of their circumstance. It's hard to compare like the motivation that you'll get from just the very need of having to like survive and work and live compared to finding your passion at our age. And, you know, a career takes on a different role for us than it did for them. I do know that my parents gave up chances at careers that they wanted to come here and they weren't able to pursue those careers when they were in the U.S. because they had to provide. And in some ways, I feel like they vicariously lived through my brother and myself in certain aspects of their life. And it's kind of fascinating to see them experience the world through me, you know, doing things that they didn't get to do at at my age because of how much responsibility they have. And so all the vacations they might take now and the money they might spend and however they choose to um, spend their recreational time, I'm all for it because I know how much they sacrifice. I imagine them coming here from India, not knowing each other because they had an arranged marriage. They were like, oh, I'm, you know, next to this rando person. Not being able to talk, um, you know, on the phone very much because it was really expensive to do long distance calls. Um, And then just having people making fun of them because of the way that they looked or dressed or spoke. and uh, and not having very many friends. And they were in Chicago when they first came here where it was cold and they you know, were inside. And them just thinking that all of this is okay because we're going to have kids who are going to be so much wealthier than we ever could dream of and so much better than we could ever dream of. And then I'm like looking at me and did I do that? Like, did I, you know, did I give them that? And I'm you know, pretty sure I did not give them that because like my dad has told me a hundred times his dream was for me to be a Rockefeller. I'm sorry to, you know, disappoint all of you right now. I know this what? must come as a shock, but I'm not a Rockefeller. I think that that's the fact that we're grateful and I know that we are because we're having this conversation is probably mm-hmm. a big deal to them because I'm sure there are people that aren't and maybe don't recognize the sacrifices that their parents have made as immigrants. They want us to be like rich in our bank accounts, but also like rich in our experiences. As a person who kind of remembers moving from India at age eight, um, and my parents kind of debated back and forth. I think they considered moving to the United States when I was, you know, not born or earlier on in their career. But I think what really changed their mind was how much pollution there was in New Delhi and how sick I was actually getting when I was young. 
to the point that, you know, I was asthmatic and my parents were like, you know, we can put her in the nicest private schools, we can travel the world, but the pollution is so toxic that we're going to leave everything behind, including family, friends, everything we know, our culture, our money, and start over again relatively late in their lives because my parents moved, you know, later. I, I was already eight years old, like I said. The women who move with their husbands, again, on a merit-based immigration status, usually an H-2 visa, these women who have PhDs and, you know, my mom had a master's in accounting, choose not to work. Um, for the first, you know, five to 10 years that they come to the United States, depending on how slow the immigration process is. So not only did my mom leave everything behind, but she was somebody who wanted to pursue, um, you know, a career um, with a master's in accounting, was teaching at a, you know, college level, and then decided that she was going to give all that up and be forced to stay at home essentially until a much later time where her degree wasn't recognized and then she worked at a bank. So it was a very, I think, a difficult thing for our parents to give up so much, but you know, it was so tangible in my mind where thanks to their decision, I can breathe. For the moms here, can you relate to our parents and kind of what they were going through in terms of, you know, sacrificing anything and everything? I think it's still different. I have had to move to another country, of course, but I've had family here, a very big support system when I came in here, whereas our parents, I know they came into Miami not knowing anyone, starting completely fresh, opening up a new business. And you can't compare like what they had to go through in embracing a completely different culture. And I think I'm really lucky. A lot of people were forced to pick safe careers because they want to make good on their on their parents' sacrifice, whether it's being a doctor, a lawyer, accountant, whatever, like something safe where you know the income is going to come in at a steady pace. And I think our my parents, at least, they embraced that um, Indian ideology of having a very good work ethic. But they also understood that like in America, you can choose what you're passionate about and, and combine these two things. That being said, I, I understood the sacrifice they made and didn't want to also be too risky in my career choice initially. In college, I, I took up a double major of finance and communication because I knew finance you know, possibly would give me that steady income that would hopefully do good on, on what they've done for us. Because they've lived such a safe life, I think, and because they've sacrificed all this for us to have a different life, I think they're also really encouraging for us to have these different kinds of experiences. I remember when I went to college, my dad was like, I want to make sure that you don't get A's. And I was like, uh, <laughs> like what? <laughs> and he's like, I want to make sure that you study whatever you want to, but you also party really hard and you go kind of crazy and you have a lot of fun. The place that that came from was just that he like, you know, kind of sold his, you know, early twenties to his business. And he wanted to make sure that I didn't do that with school. I don't feel like I truly appreciated all that they've sacrificed until I got older. And I don't know if you girls feel the same way, but I guess the, as I started working and building a career of my own and I thought back to when I was growing up and I saw my parents working, they, they own a small business and I saw what, how hard they worked. I realized that I have never worked as hard as them in my adult life. And I honestly don't think I ever will. I don't know. I, I again, maybe it's because I am actually generation zero. My parents never put that pressure on me like early on because I think they assumed I didn't speak English that well, but you know, jokes on them. Um, <laughs> speak English pretty well on a podcast now. Um, 
<laughs> in like sixth or seventh grade, like a silly, like summer school project, you know, my mom didn't work. So she like came to like this award ceremony and she was like, you know, I'm surprised you didn't get an award. And I was like, for what? And I remember just thinking that, you know, she's probably just sitting at home waiting to see if her sitting at home for the last five years was like worth it. And then I was like, you know, I'm going to probably start trying to get some awards. <laughs> and it was like, what realize the- that at that age, I did. And I will say that some of this coronavirus stuff, um, I realized and I haven't had to do too much, but like sitting at home and having to take care of your kids when you may have chosen not to resentment and not being able to do and pursue the things you want to do because of the pressure to you know provide childcare. That's a good formula for marital discord. <laughs> um, <laughs> at a young age, I also felt very similar to like you, Priyanka, where like, I think I just understood like they were working hard and I don't think, I don't think like financially, it's always, it's always been easy, even though they didn't speak about finances to us directly. Like you understood that things were not always easy. It instills a very strong sense of responsibility in you that you want to do well, you want to succeed, you want to give them value for the money they're putting into your education. It's also a blessing, right? Because, because of that, we all have this amazing work ethic and this, this sense of responsibility. Whereas like, I don't know if I can give my children that same same driving factors you get this generational wealth that builds up and accumulates and things are safer and more comfortable for us but it won't give our children that same motivation to work as hard as perhaps my parents wanted to work and then how we wanted to work my mom told me an interesting story about when she first got married and she was arranged Uh, she got married when she was 21 my dad was 30 at that time she was actually just finishing up her final exams in college and had to get married right away. And so when she came to the U.S. and was on her honeymoon, she hadn't received her grades and she didn't know if she passed college or not. You think of most women on their honeymoons being so focused on their new husbands, but she was with the man she didn't know and she was more worried about her schoolwork. But she said she she was in Hawaii thinking about school and then she received a telegram at the hotel where she was staying saying that she passed and that was the highlight (laughs) of her honeymoon. Um, Fascinating. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I know for sure that college graduation will not be on my mind during my honeymoon. But to think about how much she and all of our parents sacrificed to give us a better life is incredibly humbling. That being said, the pressure to succeed is a burden that our generation does feel. I wonder if we spoke with our parents now, if we'd learned that their expectations have changed after living in this country for so many decades, or that their vision for our futures was much more realistic than we imagined. Thank you so much for tuning in to our latest episode of Chit Chat. If you have any questions for the Chit Chat crew, have topics you'd like us to discuss, or just want to share your feelings, please feel free to email us at ilovechitchat at gmail.com. Don't forget, chat is spelled with two A's. Talk soon.